0: That has not harmed it. There is a hollow in it that is its death, though its living brims whitely at the lip of the darkness and flows outward. Over all its scars has come the seamless white of the bark. It bears the gnarls of its history healed over. It has risen to a strange perfection in the warp and bending of its long growth. It has gathered all accidents into its purpose. It has become the intention and radiance of its dark fate. It is a fact, sublime, mystical, and unassailable. In all the country, there is no other like it. I recognize in it a principle, an indwelling, the same as itself and greater that I would be ruled by. I see that it stands in its place And feeds upon it And is fed upon And is native And maker <clears throat> Now is everyone hearing me? <clears throat> Her first calf Her fate seizes her and brings her down. She is heavy with it. It rings her. The great weight is heaved out of her. It eases. She moves into what she has become, sure in her fate now, as a fish free in the current. She turns to the calf who has broken out of the womb's water and its veil. He breathes, She licks his wet hair. He gathers his legs under him and rises. He stands and his legs wobble. After the months of his pursuit of her, now they meet face to face. From the beginning of the world, his arrival and her welcome have been prepared. They have always known each other. The Wild Geese. Horseback on Sunday morning, harvest over, we taste persimmon and wild grape, sharp sweet of summer's end. In time's maze over the fall fields, we name names that went west from here, names that rest on graves. We open a persimmon seed to find the tree that stands in promise, pale in the seed's marrow. Geese appear high over us, pass and the sky closes. Abandon, as in love or sleep, holds them to their way, clear in the ancient faith. What we need is here, and we pray not for new earth or heaven, but to be quiet in heart and in eye clear what we need is here this is the the middle poem of a three-part poem called work song the title of this part is a vision If we will have the wisdom to survive, to stand like slow-growing trees on a ruined place, renewing, enriching it, if we will make our seasons welcome here, asking not too much of earth or heaven, then a long time after we are dead, the lives our lives prepare will live here. Their houses strongly placed upon the valley sides, Fields and gardens rich in the windows. The river will run clear as we will never know it. And over it, birdsong like a canopy. On the levels of the hills will be green meadows, stock bells in noon shade. On the steeps where greed and ignorance cut down the old forest, an old forest will stand its rich leaf fall drifting on its roots. The veins of forgotten springs will have opened. Families will be singing in the fields. In their voices they will hear a music risen out of the ground. They will take nothing from the ground. They will not return, whatever the grief at parting. Memory, native to this valley, will spread over it like a grove. And memory will grow into legend, legend into song, song into sacrament. The abundance of this place, the songs of its people and its birds, will be health and wisdom and indwelling light. This is no paradisal dream. Its hardship is its possibility. This poetry reading went through many versions. One poem that I put in and took out and then put in again after Brian's reading was this one called Horses. I keep hearing my poems say here and of course I don't mean here. (laughs) I mean uh, in Henry County, Kentucky. Horses. When I was a boy here, traveling the fields for pleasure, the farms were worked with teams. As late as then, a teamster was thought an accomplished man, his art an essential discipline. A boy learned it by delight as he learned to use his body following the example of men. The reins of a team were put into my hands when I thought the work was play. And in the corrective gaze of men now dead, I learned to flesh my will and power, great enough to kill me, should I let it turn. I learned the other tongue by which men spoke to beasts, all its terms and tones. And by the time I learned, new ways had changed the time. The tractors came, the horses stood in the fields, keepsakes, Grew old and died Or were sold as dog meat Our minds received the revolution of engines Our will stretched toward the numb endurance of metal And that old speech By which we magnified our flesh in other flesh Fell dead in our mouths The songs of the world died in our ears As we went within the uproar of the long syllable of the motors. Our intent entered the world as combustion. Like our travels, our work days burned upon the world, lifting its inwards up in fire. Veiled in that power, our minds gave up the endless cycle of growth and decay and took the unreturning way, the breathless distance of iron. But that work empowered by burning the world's body showed us finally the world's limits and our own. We had then the life of a candle, no longer the ever returning song among the grass blades and the leaves. Did I never forget or did I after years remember? To hear that song again, though brokenly in the distances of memory, is coming home. I came to a farm, some of it unreachable by machines, as some of the world will always be. And so I came to a team, a pair of mares, sorrels with white tails and manes, beautiful to keep my sloping field. Going behind them, the reins tight over their backs as they stepped their long strides, revived again on my tongue the cries of dead men in the living fields. Now every move answers what is still. This work of love rhymes living and dead. A dance is what this plodding is. A song, whatever is said I should have uh, I should apologize to Brian for not reading that as well as he would have read it Maybe I can squeeze this one in. This is, this is an adventure. This is a, a relic of the 1960s when everybody was writing manifestos. This is called uh, Manifesto, the Mad Farmer Liberation Front, which is I call the M, MFLF. <clears throat> Love the quick profit, the annual raise, vacation with pay. Want more of everything ready made. Be afraid to know your neighbors and to die. And you will have a window in your head. Not even your future will be a mystery anymore. Your mind will be punched in a card and shut away in a little drawer. When they want you to buy something, they will call you when they want you to die for profit, they will let you know. So friends, every day do something that won't compute. Love the Lord, (laughs) love the world, work for nothing. Take all that you have and be poor. Love someone who does not deserve it. (laughs) Denounce the government and embrace the flag. Hope to live in that free republic for which it stands. Give your approval to all you cannot understand. Praise ignorance for what man has not encountered he has not destroyed. Ask the questions that have no answers. Invest in the millennium. Plant sequoias. (laughs) Say that your main crop is the forest that you did not plant, that you will not live to harvest. Say that the leaves are harvested when they have rotted into the mold. Call that prophet. Prophesy such returns. Put your faith in the two inches of humus that will build under the trees every thousand years. Listen to carrion. Put your ear close and hear the faint chattering of the songs that are to come. Expect the end of the world, laugh, Laughter is immeasurable Be joyful Though you have considered all the facts So long as women do not go cheap For power Please women more than men Ask yourself Will this satisfy a woman Satisfied to bear a child Will this disturb the sleep Of a woman near to giving birth Go with your love To the fields Lie easy in the shade Rest your head in her lap Swear allegiance to what is nighest your thoughts As soon as the generals and the politicos Can predict the motions of your mind Lose it (laughs) Leave it as a sign to mark the false trail The way you didn't go Be like the fox Who makes more tracks than necessary Some in the wrong direction Practice Resurrection. Let's see. The Record. My old friend tells us how the country changed. Where the gristmill was on Cane Run, now gone. Where the peach orchard was, gone too. Where the Springport Road was, gone beneath returning trees. How the creek ran three weeks after a good rain, long ago, no more. How when these hillsides first were plowed, the soil was black and deep no stones and that was long ago where the wild turkeys roosted in the old days you'd have to know this country mighty well before I could tell you where and my young friend says have him speak this into a recorder it is precious it should be saved I know the panic of that wish to save the vital knowledge of the old times handed down For it is rising off the earth, fraying away in the wind and the coming day. As the machines come and the people go, the old names rise, chattering, and depart. But knowledge of my own going into old time tells me no. Because it must be saved, do not tell it to a machine to save it. That old man speaking you have heard since your boyhood, since his prime. His voice speaking out of lives long dead. Their minds speaking in his own. By winter fires, in fields and woods, in barns, while rain beat on the roofs and wind shook the girders. Stay and listen until he dies or you die, for death is in this and grief is in it. Live here as one who knows these things. Stay if you live, listen and answer. Listen to the next one like him if there is to be one. Be the next one like him if you must. Stay and wait. Tell your children. Tell them to tell their children. As you depart toward the coming light, turn back and speak as the creek steps downward over the rocks saying the same changing thing in the same place as it goes. When the record is made the unchanging word carried to a safe place in a time not here the assemblage of minds dead and living the loved lineage dispersed silent Turned away, the dead, dead at last. It will be too late. Now we've got to the... I've been writing for several years some poems called Sabbaths. And I suppose that for to expedite matters, it's fortunate that I don't have to explain to you what Sabbath means. For me, it's associated with the woods where I'm apt to wind up on Sunday mornings. Maybe I don't even have to explain that. This is one of them, it's a, a wedding anniversary poem. a 25th anniversary poem, so you won't be surprised. Our household for the time made right, all right around us on the hill. For time and for this time, tonight, two kernels folded in one shell. We're joined in sleep beyond desire, to one another and to time. Whatever time will take or spare Forest, field, house, and hollow room All joined to us, to darkness joined All barriers down And we are born darkly By thoroughfares unsigned Toward light we come in time to learn In faith no better sighted yet than when we plighted first by hope, by vows more solemn than we thought, ourselves to this combining sleep a quarter century ago. Lives given to each other and to time, to lives we did not know, already given heart and hand. Would I come to this time this way again now that I know confess so much knowing I cannot say more now than then what will be yes most of these or a great many of them have to do with woods walks as I say on Sunday morning this is one that uh, on a Sunday that coincided with July the 4th which is Independence Day. Uh, and independence, not in that uh, historical sense necessarily, uh, means a good deal to me. For, Well, I'll just read. Hail to the forest, born again, that by neglect the American benevolence has returned to semi-virginity, graceful in the putrid air, the corrosive rain, the ash fall, Of heaven invading fire Our time's genius To mine the light Of the world's ancient buried days To make it poisonous In the air Light and greed Together make a smudge That stifles and blinds But here The light of heaven's sun Descends Stained and mingled with its forms Heavy trunk and limb light leaf and wing that we must pray for clarity to see not raw sources symbols worded powers but fellow presences independent called out of nothing by no word of ours blessed here with us I'm gonna read two more. Awaked from the persistent dream of human chaos come again, I walk in the lamed woods The light brought down by felling of great trees And in the rising thicket where The shadow of old grace returns Leaf shadows tremble on light leaves A lighter foliage of song among them The winds thousand tongues and songs of birds Beams reaching down into the shadows Swirl and swarm with gleaming traffic of the air bright grains of generative dust and winged intelligences. Among high maple leaves, a spider's wheel shines, work of finest making made touchingly in the dark. The dark again has prayed the light to come down into it, to animate and move it in its heaviness. So what was still and dark wakes up, Becomes intelligent, moves, names itself by hunger and by kind. Walks, swims, flies, speaks, calls, cries, or sings. We all are praising, praying to the light we are, but cannot know. And the last little one. Slowly, slowly they return To the small woodland let alone Great trees outspreading and upright Apostles of the living light Patient as stars they build in air Tear after tear a timbered choir stout beams upholding weightless grace of song a blessing on this place they stand in waiting all around uprisings of their native ground downcomings of the distant light they are the advent they await receiving sun and giving shade Their life's a benediction made. Excuse me. Receiving sun and giving shade, their life's a benefaction made, and is a benediction said over the living and the dead. In fall, their brightened leaves released fly down the wind, and we are pleased to walk on radiance, amazed. O light come down to earth, be praised.
1: reader is, of course, uh, Kathleen Raine. Um, although it is unnecessary, totally unnecessary, to introduce her, I still intend to introduce her uh, by making a personal comment that of all the books on poetry that I have read in my life, and there are hundreds, I think I have learned more about the heart of poetry from Kathleen's book, Blake and the Tradition, Which is about one hell of a sight more than Blake and her papers on Yeats than from any other source. She knows about poetry. Kathleen.
2: sorry but I can't speak with that thing right in front of my face bring it back a little further yes that's better yes that's better right can you hear me? the back? no? Um, if, if I speak louder can you? all right Well, first of all, I'm going to read some poems from the collected poems of Vernon Watkins, very great poet, or at least one of our finest poets, just published by Brian Keeble's Golganouza Press. And um, I knew Vernon. He too had Wendell Berry's fidelity to one place, And indeed, one of his collections is called That, Fidelities. Um, This is called Touch With Your Fingers. Touch with your fingers the strings of song. Love runs deeper than all times wrong. I have considered such things long. Banishing waters bore it once. Dorléans looked toward the coast of France. Florence exiled her noblest sons. Under the rising spectral moon, Rome, Alexandria, Babylon, Athens and Carthage rise in stone. Time that is over comes not again, yet instinctive the strings remain. All is fugitive, nothing vain. Magical foliage glittering shone, there they trembled who now are gone. Dancers perish, the dance goes on. What then compelled me to take on trust? Words of the poets laid in dust. Time cannot answer, true love must. Love is compounded of all it cast. Sacred forgiveness binds all fast. Timeless vision discerns no past. Shade of Calliope, God my days, such compassion from dust I raise. Nothing is valid except that praise. This is called Taliesin and the Spring of Vision. Taliesin is the eternal spirit of poetry, of imagination, according to the Welsh mythology. And uh, the lay of Taliesin, many of you may remember, Perhaps i can read you that first, and then Taliesin in The Spring of Vision because the the, the, uh, Taliesin poem will explain who he is in Welsh mythology. In a sense, the whole of, of, of Welsh imagination is based upon that figure who personifies poetry. I thought I had marked it. I must have done. Yes, I think it's here. Taliesin and the mockers. And the spirit of Taliesin is is deathless as you will see. Before men walked I was in these places. I was here when the mountains were laid. I am as light to eyes long blind, I the stone upon every grave. I saw black night flung wide like a curtain, I looked up at the making of stars, I stood erect at the birth of rivers, I observed the designing of flowers. Who has discerned the voice of lightning or traced the music behind the eyes? My lord prescribed the paths of the planets, his fingers scattered the distant stars. He shaped gra- he shaped the grave shores, ringing stones, and gave to the rocks an echoing core. He bound great mountains with snow and ice and bathed in glory the lesser hills. He made the sun of sulfurous fire, from secret darkness he called the moon, under her voice and moving light he changed the tides of the great seas rolling. Still upon earth was no live creature. Barren still was the womb of the sea. Mute the features slept in the rocks. Limbs of the so- and the soul inert, unbeckoned. Marrowed with air, he made the birds, fish he sowed in the restless wave. Antelope, horse, and bull he made from caves of ice. He released the storm winds. He numbered the meadows' drops of rain caught in the cloud and the seeming rosebush. Lions he made like fallen suns, fiery sand and the beasts of burden. He gave to the trees mysterious fruits and twined in the husk miraculous corn where lizards breathed on the pathless desert. He gave each atom a hidden sun. Lost all labor, he bent on dust, out of the red dust made he man. Ancient music of silence born, all things born at the touch of God. He built for him his eternal garden, timeless, moving, and yet in time. He cast on him dark veils of sleep, out of his side he took the female Ask my age. You shall have no answer. I saw the building of Babel's tower. I was a lamp in Solomon's temple. I, the reed of an auguring wind what do you seek in the salmon river caught in the net what living gold what do you seek in the weir O elfin you must know that the sun is mine i have a gift for i have nothing i have love which excels all treasures certain there were who touched who knew him blind men knew on the road their god Mock me they will, those hired musicians, they at court who command the schools. Mock they they do, my music stands before and after, accusing silence. Well, that's the voice of poetry. (laughs) This is Taliesin and the Spring of Vision. I tread the sand at the sea's edge, sand of the hourglass, and the sand receives my footprints singing. You are my nearmost, you who have traveled the farthest, and you are my constant who have endured all vicissitudes in the cradle of the sea, fate's hands and the spinning waters. The measure of past grief is the measure of present joy. Your tears, which have dried to chance, now spring from a secret. Here time's glass breaks, and the world is transfigured in music. So sang the grains of sand, and while they whirled into a pattern, Taliesin took refuge under the unfledged rock. He could not see in the cave, but groped with his hand, and the rock he touched was the socket of all men's eyes, and he touched the spring of vision. He had the mind of a fish that moment. He knew the glitter of scale and fin. He touched the pin of pivotal space, and he saw one sand grain balance the age's cumulus cloud. Earth's shadow hung. Taliesin said, the penumbra of history is terrible. Life changes, breaks, scatters. There is no sheet anchor. Time reigns. Yet the kingdom of love is every moment, whose citizens do not age in each other's eyes. In a time of darkness, the pattern of life is restored by men who make all transience seem an illusion. Through inward acts, acts corresponding to music, their works of love leave words that do not end in the heart. He still held rock, then three drops fell on his fingers and future and past converged in a lightning flash. It was we who instructed Shakespeare, who fell upon Dante's eyes, who opened to Blake the minute particulars. We are the soul's rebirth. Taliesin answered, I have encountered the irreducible diamond in the rock. Yet now it is over. Omniscience is not for men. Christen me therefore that my acts in the dark may be just, and adapt my partial vision to the limitations of time. I'll read you one more poem by Vernon Watkins, a simple poem, relatively. It's called The Heron. He lived on the Gower Peninsula, close to the sea and the sky and the stars, and his poetic landscape is a very real one on earth, which he saw with the luminosity of vision, Uh, rather like David Jones's paintings of daffodils, which you've seen in the the exhibition. He had this gift of transfiguring, really transfigurations his poems are of, of, of this earth, the heron. The cloud-backed heron will not move. He stares into the stream. He stands on faltering while the gulls and oyster catchers scream. He does not hear. He cannot see the great white horses of the sea, but fixes eyes on stillness below their flying team. How long will he remain? How long have the grey woods been green? The sky and the reflected sky, their glass he has not seen. But silent as a speck of sand, interpreting the sea and land, his fall pulls down the fabric of all that windy scene. Sailing with clouds and woods behind, pausing in leisured flight, he stepped alighting on a stone dropped from the stars of night. He stood there unconcerned with day, deaf to the tumult of the bay, watching a stone in water, a fish's hidden light. Sharp rocks drive back the breaking waves, confusing sea with air, bundles of spray-blown mountain high have left the shingle bare. A shipwrecked anchor wedged by rocks, loosed by the thundering equinox, divides the herded waters, the stallion and his mare. Yet no distraction breaks the watch Of that time-killing bird He stands unmoving on the stone Since dawn he has not stirred Calamity about him cries But he has fixed his golden eyes On water's crooked tablet On light's reflected word Grain of, of, of this beautiful collection of poetry By Vernon Watkins Which I hope you will Wish to possess. Who listens when in the concert hall, the great whispering gallery, vaulted ear of the encaverned god, scattered in our multitude, ebb and flow the waves of the world. In deep ocean, weed sways like a caress life's delicate responsive cilia, sound passes like air over a field of grass whose thousand ears bend to the wind to the oracular voice ten thousand oracles attend as the one hearer hears in all and I will read you some recent poems which are not in my collected poems And then I will read you one poem from my collected poems which you will again see why. This, I read a portion of a poem that is in the current issue of Temenos called Light Over Water. These are all poems of old age that I'm writing now. I find it rather interesting. I don't feel at all depressed by it except that one can't do quite as much as one formerly could. But it's not boring, I assure you. (laughs) especially Dartington Hall (laughs) brilliant myriad instantaneous alighting raindrops on a stream that has run unbroken down on on since this once familiar place was home Each in its alighting flashes suns glitter and is gone, as another and another and another comes to meet me, angel after angel after angel, its dancing point always here and now, the same bright innumerable company arriving anew the present always absolving from time's flow. Old, I know how many, many, many the epiphanies of light.) This is called "The Foremother." I think it's also in Terminal seven. It's also about old age, as you'll see. I am spread wide, far. On the tide of the one sea. As I ebb away in lives not mine, my blood flows on. Like a mist lifting, I fade. I no longer am who through new eyes see the green, the vein, the flower, the tree. I am an echo you do not hear, who, gone from myself, am near your here and now of elsewhere. I am long ago, who am with you, in your first love, age old, the untold, I speak to you. This is rather the other side of old age. It's called named, and it is a true dream. It did happen as I described. Named. In a dream, a voice called me by my name, unknown or known from some far other time or place or state or world, yet nearer than here and now, that hidden one. And was it I, unselved by sleep that takes away all daily doing and being, absolved for a space from what we are or seem? Am I who remember another, or the same who stirred, who answered to my name, recalled from lifelong years away astray, forgetful and forgotten, since I had been one named Strange among strangers, my face, defaced, obscured, obliterate, falsified by the years, disguised, anonymous, who, when addressed, some other or no one. And yet, by that unknown knower, I am known, and who I am. This is called change. "Change," said the sun to the moon. "You cannot stay." Change says Moon to the waters. All is flowing. Change says the field to the grass, seed time and harvest, chaff and grain. You must change, said the worm to the bud, though not to a rose. Petals fade that wings may rise, borne on the wind. You are changing, said death to the maiden, your one face to memory, to beauty. Are you ready to change, says thought to the heart, to let pass all your life long for the unknown, the unborn, in the alchemy of the world's dream? You will change, say the stars to the sun, says night to the stars. Then one more of these unpublished poems, and one poem from my collected poems. Is there time, Robbie? <laughs> this is called "Who Are We?" Not that I remember, but that I am memory. I'm all that has befallen unbroken being and knowing whose flow has brought me here laden with the forgotten times and places once here and now of those who were from day to day from life to life as I presences of that omnipresence without end or beginning living through our being that brings and takes away the unnumbered living moments of joy and wisdom the once familiar rooms and temples and fountains the long ago gardens of a thousand summers music once heard traveling through me and on like a wave of sound a gleam irrecapturable and who are we who gather each one leaf one life of the myriad fold tree of the lost domain and mourn the flowing away of all we never were or knew Promises, messages reach us, instruct us, the untold, the untellable, undying heart's desire, resonance of elsewhere, once, someday, forever. Now this poem, you'll see again why I read it here and now, if I can find it. I didn't mark it, I only thought of it. I thought the book might open at the right place. (laughs) But that's too, yes, it has. (laughs) This is one poem from a series of called Italian poems. Perhaps I'll read you two, in fact. No, I'll read you three. (laughs) you see uh, Jeremy must wait but uh, it won't take very long one is very short and it's the only poem that I ever wrote down without changing a word it's called a triad it was written in Italy all these poems were to those who speak to the many deaf ears attend to those who speak to one in poet's song and voice of bird many listen but the voice that speaks to none, by all is heard. Sound of the wind, music of the stars, prophetic word. Then this is called the eternal child. Italy is full of effigies of the poor eternus whom I always think the Jungians have totally misunderstood the Jungians seem to think the poor eternus is somebody who hasn't grown up but that is not what the child is, the child is eternal beginning, eternal or the fontal image the, font, the image of the, of the perpetual new creation it's not somebody who hasn't grown up it's, a, it's the eternal child something quite different A little child enters by a secret door alone, was not and is carrying his torch aflame. In pilgrim cloak and hood many and many come, or is it the one child again and again? What journey do they go, what quest accomplish, task fulfill, whence they cannot say, whither we cannot tell, and yet the way they know. So many innocents, reflections in a torrent thrown. Can any on these treacherous waters cast unmarred, unbroken, image the perfect one? All things seem possible to the newborn, but each one story tells, one dream, leaves on the threshold of unbounded night, where all return spent torch and pilgrim shroud. And then this is called Scarlaccieli, and I think it bears very much on what this conference is about, which is The the eternal renewal, The the ladder of heaven, the scarlet beauty. We do not see them come Their great wings furled, their boundless forms enfolded smaller than poppy seed or grain of corn to enter the dimensions of our world. In time to unfold what in eternity they are, each a great sun but dwindled to a star by the distances they have traveled higher than cupola their bright ingress, presences vaster than the vault of night, incorporeal mental spaces, infinite, diminished to a point and to a moment brought through the everywhere and nowhere invisible door, by the many ways they know the thoughts of wisdom pass, in seed that drifts in air or on the water's flow, they come to us down ages long as dreams, or in instantaneous as delight. As from seed, tree, flower, and fruit grow and fade like a dissolving cloud, or as the impress of the wind makes waves and ripples spread, they move unseen across our times and spaces. We try to hold them, trace on walls of cave, cave temple or monastic cell, their shadows cast, animal forms, warriors, dancers, winged angels, words of power on precious leaves inscribed in gold or lapis lazuli or arabesques in likeness of the ever-flowing They show us gardens of paradise, holy mountains where water of life springs from rock or lion's mouth, walk with us unseen, put into our hands emblems, an ear of corn, pine cone, lotus, looking glass or chalice, as dolphin, peacock, hare or moth or serpent show themselves, or human formed, a veiled bride, a boy bearing a torch, Shrouded or robed or crowned, four-faced, sounding lyre or sistrum, or crying in bird voices. Water and dust and light reflect their images as they slowly come and swiftly pass. We do not see them go from visible into invisible like gossamer in the sun. Bodies by spirit raised fall as dust to dust when the wind drops, moth wing and chrysalis. Those who live us and outlive us do not stay but leave empty their semblances, icons, bodies of long enduring gold or the fleet golden flower on which the Buddha smiled. In vain we look for them where others found them for by the vanishing stare of time immortals are forever departing. But while we gaze after the receding vision, others are already descending through gates of ivory and horn.
3: This is called air. Rainwater, brush from a swift's pointed wings. Onto an eyelash Or a spider's web Is how I like to think Of the exchange of altitudes Of vibrant resonance On this gusty day With birds ticking south Through a needle's eye Each propelled In trance to dare Luminous wind shafts And one feels the Elasticity of their wing pool In the air simmer The twitch of their whole asserting gravity. The earth transfers their arrowed passing as the aftermath of whose I crouch down low and consider the one vertical between me and space that's flying westwards with the Atlantic and watch a singular whitewashed lighthouse bulb on its rock. Out here, the Pulse of air Tingles with light hexagonals I see it transformed Into design and colour Such as the intricacies A snowflake contrives In fashioning its slow descent. I sense those sharp Intangible facets Pass through me Diamonding the light The way Hail flashes on a heated Shovel's back Or a cormorant sheen glistens with spray that smokes on its alighting, sea and sky in one illimitable rush of blue open up light worlds and the turns shrill cry, untranslatable, holds me static here, given over to such fluidity I am become a component of air, Snail Snail is about strategical encampments and is a cosmos to itself with one in Earth survivor, not intent on exploration, but lives snail aeons in contraction. Its antennae closed down Its instinct to become a stone Its tattersalled markings those of a grey tabby And in its camouflage inscrutable is squat, sedentary Odd like a parked, invalid's bubble car And is led up behind the dislodged stone In a hole in the wall Held askew its marzipan green Of picked hollow, the simple involution of an ear's Its lightness, grit, rattles in there What are a snail's dimensions? The rotund completion of a smooth pebble All angularity erased, its mind not even coming on In wet weather when its track is of white trefoil An oil freighter's slow passage of silver but antennae raised, a jellybaby commando weighted down but sure of its passage, moving deliberately to some inexplicable horizon, over a flatland bushed by moss, its snipers taking refuge from the rain, and this is called Dead Weasels. Dead weasels. I found them hanging, strung up on grey cord, five of them gagged together with jackdaws, the branch weighted like a poultry's hook with carrion worn through to their skeletons, the walnut sized. Ivory skull of a rook had come loose of its rain molded bark stiff feathers flushed on dead leaves no fox would sniff. Dead silence, the woods stark. Old beech, old elms defiantly rooted against the cold, and at the field's edge rabbit diggings flint thrown up on the furrow. The light was gold on plum-stained brambles. Somewhere else a gun was barking sporadically at pheasants. I swung the weasels round to catch the sun. Their long, slender bodies hung vertical. The fur, a straggling ripple on the bone, was like a current chased out in a stream. The forepaws stylized with two Brittle hands raised in supplication The vice locked head seemed more a congers raised to fight the gaff, the jaws open upon their needle teeth as though frozen in the bloody second of ripping into a mole or chicken, fast night hunters who companion the owls plummeted a leaf tick. These had their skulls protruding through an envelope of fur, crisp to a dryness that the thumb could peel. Rain beaten fossils, gone to matted ropes, stringily twined. They looked like effigies of a demonic rite without the pins. I cut two down and placed them in a sack. Victims would rake the cops for pheasants' eggs and suck them dry. They still had fine whiskers. Minute spiders bunched in the eye sockets. Their combined weight was less than a finger. Their volatility still composite in their death agony. Rocks and ravens were thronging back in droves. I came on out and crossed the field, my presence scaring off two short fused rabbits bolting for their dens. This is called Kleptomaniac. Kleptomaniac. My. Eyes a magnet for my hand Prismatically it groups the things I need But do not understand Silk scarves, sunglasses, perfumes, rings What brings me here is an obsessive desire To appease a whirlpool whose current quickens I arrive at theft before my mind can cool the calculation of my hands. I'm marked but uncurtailed. Someone's always behind me when I stand deliberating on the one object that multiplies before my index of adrenaline plummets. Even outside the door my eye keeps catching on a pin. And I return unsatisfied, my topcoat pockets stashed with loot. Whatever restraint I had tried to impose is removed. My foot hums on an accelerator. There's always one whose impartial absorption's not a customer's. His hands don't fit the crystal ball he toys with. His deft strategies to watch my moves from his blind side That lizard-like dexterity with which my fist withdraws to hide a weight that's alien. Hardly warm from contact with my skin. Replete, my movements are diffident, calm. I make no arrow for the street, but... Linger with the crowds Aware arrest won't come until I leave When someone's vice lock grips me Where the suede patch frays upon my sleeve Today I'm safe, I've slipped the scent Store detectives like a stoat A student squatting down Has bent a brick-sized book inside his coat It's called going At Hill Farm, a downslope spread of creeping thistles untamed by a hoe. A colony while rooted, cows would tread a cluster flat in the meadow but leave no gap that root buds wouldn't close. A purple spike of plumes... A finch would show a flash of pink, yellow or black, alighting in a fixtured coronet. Another field showed thistles in a stack, rooted out, spiny for a fire, prickly as holly, more gregarious. Two or three cows gaped over the barbed wire of a field fence that amber day I found the papai silvering. White-haired patriarchs. It was the still had them stay. A puff of breeze, and they would fly. Downy parachutes, light as gossamer, luminous, seeds snow-blown against the sky. I stayed on. A glitter shook free. The air was squadroned with their drifting heads, featherish stars flaking an alder tree. I watched their going, a blizzard misting the valley, their random touchdown with colonised fallow, hedgerow or yard, their uplift buried with the wind. Some are blown over the hill ridge and left, clusters of headless Thistle stalks behind. And this is called marbles. Cool to the hand, an early memory. Our parquet floor made for fluidity polished surface on which we'd compete for coloured marbles in our stocking feet the chalky opalescent whites a twist of scarlet in crystal an adept wrist would release for the strike a navy blue chipped from long service its unusual hue lent to it a prestige an old war horse stabled unleashed only on the right course Pocketed, coveted, and lodged inside a velvet bag. We played against a tide of domestic complaints. Our galaxy of coloured suns held its ascendancy over the court of adults, meteorites. Explosive supernovas, stars in flight, prismatic twinklings, the imagined spark as a tiger's eye hummed to find its mark in a green wall intersected by pink. The impact had it teeter on the brink of the skyline, ricochet from the flash before disorbiting in a weird dash. Our games. Created war amongst the stars. The created minerals, diamond-rayed pulsars, little moon maps or multicolored eyes, shifting their place in the unstable skies. Called. This is called being there, being there. Blue volutes sparkle in the tremolo of water, looking out from a grotto gouged by the tides I watch the green and blue of liquid jades resolve a single hue. Luminescent, striped, ruched into a skein of coloured shreds. Each current holds a rain, now slack in eddies, taut in the fast run. The bay turns silver in the noonday sun. I try to adjust to my being here, a time flash film still, a fuzz on the clear shallows that won't come right and rectify the division felt between thought and I. My past lies unconfirmed by each new face, sun trapping, heads tilted back in a place I knew as an extension of myself, amethyst seaweed clinging to a shell, quartz sparkles veined in granite, A red can on a rock summit bright as a mail van. I look again, the coast predicts no change. The petals of the water rearrange themselves to a mauve iris tongued with blue. It's not the place, it's I who can't renew my sense of belonging. Too close, too far, at noon in a clear well. A vibrant star is brighter than the sun. The water's gold. Cold, my chin is cupped by a fine disk of gold. This poem is called Wounded Gull. which is is a tribute to the great American artist Morris Graves whose painting Wounded Gull is something quite marvellous. Wounded Gull. Wind shifts the earth's face. Grit and topsoil run ticking through crevices, a migration of tiny particles hissing inland. Wind blinds the red eyes of rabbits with sand. Gulls huddle inshore, snowing down on farms. Already the Atlantic's beach to score. A paltreous accident. Vertebrae and necks smashed. Plump bodies fouled by oil. They're sucked back and thrown out by each wave's roar. It's dynamited, blasting across flats. What the sea ejects is misshapen. Flogged into the bare components of itself. slatted, forcibly pitched into debris. Roiled. Back and forth, scoured pristine by the salt. I came across dunes, intermittently, dropping into a hollow for shelter, the wind pressing my brain back to a charge that flickered like a light in a tunnel, a fish forcing the opposing current and came down to the beach. Flooding, runnels kept draining into the torrential surf. I stood as a bird does facing the wind, my toe stubbing the petrified shiver of a gull dislodged from its bone structure, the collapsed wings trailing, the bloody skull showing the underside of its fracture. I could have kneaded it into a ball and lobbed it back into the sea's mouth, Its twitching seconds of life Dependent on what few nerves Still remained unsevered I took it back with me to the seawall And buried it That too, no permanent act of consignment But something the wave or wind Would upturn and shake from its bones Tomorrow, the flood tide Would find its grave You two more poems. Right, ah, this is called composition. His red silk necktie flares, and moodily she's turned to watch a tufted duck's Apache black. Head streak rival the mallard's turban of iridescent silks, and shell ducks scan the sky's cameo in the lake. The lime-tree smells of rain, a scent come from the shine of an old pocket in which coins have lain the jasmine's musty, and azaleas stain the water madder rose. It's sharper now The showers build up And a grey lag scars for shelter Why it is that two Conflict upon a scale of moods He can't predict a pattern to the puzzle like this lake's Alphabet of V's Web-footed duck wakes That cut the green Silk to a convict's Cloth of arrows A swan turntable's a wreath on the darkening water, and it draws his mind back in, edging for words to thaw a silence cold as a quartz vein in stone, and then she's plunging as her opaline necklace splits on its string, each green bead's lit by a raindrop, scoring a perfect hit.
1: Thank you. We'll now have a break of 15 minutes, or uh, at any rate, in 15 minutes there'll be, uh, I think, five of us reading uh, just one or two poems each, to give you a sampling of our work. And I'd like to talk to the people who are going to read, please, so that we can sort out who does what, which, to whom, when, in what order, and so forth. (laughs)